0: Hey guys, uh, welcome into another episode of Dodd Save the Royals. In a few minutes, I'm going to talk to Mick Schaefer of 41 Action News. This is Russ and Dodd of The Athletic. Um, We're going to talk about Salvador Perez's Tommy John surgery and uh, Danny Duffy's uh, soreness in spring training and uh, all sorts of Royals news here as we uh, prepare for this 2019 season. Uh, So stay tuned. Dodd Save the Royals right now.
1: Strike up the band. Let's get to this, although it's kind of a it's kind of a funeral setting here, Rustin, as we uh, enter into our second podcast of the season, a season that hasn't even started. And we already know Salvador Perez will not be a part of it. Rustin Dodd McShafer here uh, with you on this podcast. Dodd save the Royals. And, you know, Ned said, oh, we're not going to be woe as me. But that was like that was like still within 24 hours after this news, I think still Royals fans. Or woe is me about this 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 news does suck
0: it does you know I okay, so um, I don't know if this is a good or a bad thing if you're a royals uh fan, but like there is an element of okay, how much does this matter right right like okay um you know, they weren't gonna be good you know, but like psychologically it sucks um it, it, you know it's 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 a bummer uh you like, and I also think it's the the biggest reason it's a bummer. It's like you know that Tommy John surgery is twelve to fourteen months, right? Yeah, he didn't. You know, it's at least a year. Yes, I mean, so like the longevity of it, it's just like, oh, okay, like see you next year, see you next June, maybe something yeah. like that. Yes. So I, I don't know. I mean, Dayton Moore in his statement said the the club would embrace this unforeseen challenge and are excited for the 2019 championship season, which I thought was an odd way to put it. Um, what championships are, are they going to be if winning? I do it was like, um, you know, you're describing like the, uh, it felt like, you know, you, you call like the, uh, the golf tournament like the championship or mm, something, you there know, we go, or... Yes. Um, I'm trying to think of a, another example, or like the Big Twelve. Big 12 cha- they're going to the Big Twelve Championship. The Big Twelve Championship. They're, Oklahoma they're, State and West Virginia. The nine and no, ten seed. They call the Big Twelve Tournament the Big Twelve Championship. It is. I, yes. No, yes. Okay, that's yeah, what yeah, they yeah. call the
1: whole tournament. The Big Twelve. Hey. So Bob Huggins with his three Big we're, Twelve wins Championship is like, season. Hey, we're going, so we're going to the
0: championship. There here. will be a championship handed out. I don't know that the Royals are going to be um, having much to <laughs> no. do with that championship in 2019. You got to sell tickets, I guess. Yeah. Um, but yeah. I, I – I think, okay, so a couple of things, the reason I think this is a bummer, um, you know, you can say, okay, well, Salvador Perez, it's a difference between 70 and 75 wins. Yes. You can say, hey, he's going to be able to rest his legs for the 2019 season um, and then come back in 2020 strong. Maybe they will be better, you know, better in position to compete in 2020 and 2021. and He'll be rested. And it's like, okay, I guess. But, you know, he's he's only under contract for three more seasons. He's 28 right now, and that body is older than 28. Yeah. And it's not like I don't know. I mean, okay. So I'm guessing you've never read the book The Arm by Jeff Passan. Uh, what's a book? It's called The Arm. Oh, okay. And it's uh. What's a book? Oh, okay. Mm, what's a book? Yes, yeah. yes, yes. Uh, so in the in the you know I think we've gotten to the point where we just think like Tommy John surgery is just like. Going into zip, right yeah, there. you know, like Zep,
1: uh, we, we zapped it. Okay, yeah, you gotta,
0: like you just gotta be still for like twelve months. Yeah, like you just go in there and they just, you know, like I mean, they literally like cut your arm open yeah. and they take a cadap, like a, a a ligament part from a cadaver yeah, from and they, a leg, maybe, and the doctor loops it around two bones, one of which <laughs> he drills a hole in. Ugh. And to create a new ligament, yeah. I mean, this is a serious surgery, and it's gotten to the point where the you know it's like an amazing thing of medical science, yeah. and it's miraculous that this thing even exists. It's commonplace, but it's not like you can snap your fingers. You no, know? so you know he's gonna be 29 when he plays. Uh, I guess he'll be 29 in May. Yeah, he'll be. So he'll be almost 30. 30
1: probably the next time he plays.
0: Yeah, I mean, p- potentially, or like right around there. Yeah. So. I don't know. I mean, he's he's going to make 14 million dollars the next 2 years. This also the Royals have always said they're not going to trade Salvador Perez and I always believe that, but at this point now it's his stock is to the point where you wouldn't be trading him. You can't trade him. I mean, maybe, you know, the next time you would potentially want to trade him is yeah, if he had a good 2020 season. So yeah. so that's out the window. It's a bummer on a number of levels, but mostly I feel like you know, spring training is a time for hope and and A lot of it's kind of cheesy, and a lot of it's, you know, best shape of your life. Sure. A lot of it's thinking, hey, man, if everybody on this team had— This clicks, and this happens. Yeah, this this could happen. And, you know, as much as we kind of make fun of that now, because I thought uh, Sam Mellinger made a good point about this, uh, you know, like now that we have the internet and we see that every uh, journalist, every writer writes the same spring training storylines— Every every year. We can kind of make fun of that now. But it's—on some level, like, you want to have that— and like yeah. if, so, and this is just like, just basically, you know, tearing that up. Yeah. Like yeah, in I the mean, weeks before the season, you can make the se- you can make the argument that this season doesn't matter,
1: but then you can make the argument that you know what, 2015 didn't matter. Baseball doesn't matter in the grand scheme Life of things. Doesn't, you know where like, you where are you gonna draw the line? Yeah. Okay? Like, I, you know, like well, it's a I, major league baseball I season. Said, They're gonna try to compete and. Hell, half the teams aren't gonna try to compete. So yeah. you never know if things do click, something could happen. So yes, and he is. Why your, are you even
0: playing the season?
1: Why, if, it, if it doesn't <laughs> matter, then yes, exactly. That's like it's like it's like all these guys that uh, don't play in the in the bowl game to get ready for the NFL. Well, it doesn't matter. Okay, did the twelfth game of the season matter then? I mean, they already had four losses. Not like they're playing for a national championship. And if that didn't, what about the eleventh game of the season? And then tenth? And why even go out for the team at all? I mean, it's just where people draw the line. Out. Well, this matters, but this this doesn't. No, it matters. They're playing it. It's big. It's big business. This is this guy's career, and it's here's my question to you, and I, it's an obvious one, I think, but. Even though this is your reigning um, home run and RBI champ for the Royals at twenty seven and eighty, respectively, is Salvi a guy that can live in the majors playing first base or being a DH?
0: Um, no. Okay. Well, okay, so yeah, yes, he can. Just um, on a bad team, yeah, okay. right. I mean, like you, you wouldn't want him to. I no. mean, you can, you can put him over there um but so much of his value is is because one yes. he's a, he's a good defensive catcher yes. now we can argue how good is he because i think he's he's got again he had one of the best arms uh yeah. as, for a catcher which he's having tommy johnson does isn't help he should get most of that back but uh he, he can block he can he makes pitchers comfortable yeah you know his the one argument against him is uh pitch framing numbers and I'd, if you want to put you know, stop. Presentations, animation.
1: presentation. Yeah, okay.
0: you can, if you believe these numbers, which the Royals kind of do, kind of don't. He's not one of the best pitch framers in baseball, but my point is, he, so much of his value is that he's a, a quote unquote goal glove c- catcher. Yeah, and he is good. He's good defensive catcher. He's, yes, he's good. Yes. I mean, I don't know if he's how how good. Maybe he's not the best, yes. but he's good. Um, and his offense is good for a catcher, right? Yes, but it's not. It's not Mike Piazza. We've got a plan here when he hits
1: this age to move him to
0: first base. Yeah, it's I isn't mean, like, Joe Mauer, we got to keep his bat in the Well, lineup. if you just go based on OPS um, oh. over the last oh. four seasons, his OPS is below league average. Um, gotta be well below, right? Okay. Oh, OPS. On base percentage yes. is, is That's significantly below average. I mean, yes. his on base percentage across the last but three even seasons OPS, is, yes. is under 300. I mean, 27 is a lot of
1: home runs for Royals, but yes. Overall, yeah. So
0: just know. if you add OBP and on, uh, and slugging, what about BABIP? Or I don't is BABIP. I think it's probably okay. okay. <laughs> uh, so yeah, his, his, he's an under, he's a below average offensive player. Just when you look at all the numbers He's he's when you look at just catchers, then he ranks a little bit better. But yeah, yeah, can he be? Um, can he, can he maintain a career as just a first baseman? Um, yes, he could, but he, most teams would like, not, like would I said, not want him. It's to. not part of the plan. There, if you know somebody would have to settle for it. Okay, we can put him
1: here for half a season, a season, or whatever. But we're waiting on this guy from AA to come up, and so on and so forth. No, I agree. Um, which. Tells you maybe how bad the Royals were offensively last year and that he led them in major categories like that, um, yet still would not be relied upon with his bat. So, yeah, I agree. I mean, it does, it does stink, but it's cool for guys like Cam Gallagher and yeah, Maybreeze uh, Valoria, who is becoming a, a household name now in Kansas City. Is he? I made fun of him. I think it was maybe the first, maybe the second uh, game of spring, he had a three-run homer hey, I had to look it up, like on MLB. Thank God they're so smart; they have the uh, the pronunciation guide, and it's and I'd forgotten he'd come up last year because I wasn't paying attention at that point. Um, it's fine; I do sports, and I'm like, oh, Mabry's Valoria. so I made fun of. Oh, of course, it's Mabry's Valoria hitting a three-run
0: spring dong and all that stuff, and now now the guy's in the mix. Yeah, so let's we can talk about who who might be catching when Salvador Perez is not catching. Um, I I kind of uh ned yost and um credit jeffrey flanagan on some of this reporting because i'm not in in surprise right now but somebody uh, somebody's got to hold somebody's got to be out there, there asking ask the, the questions. tough questions yeah but ned yost has said hey you know maybe we'll we'll you know we're not closing the book on going out and getting another catcher and the one catcher that is out there is martin maldonado who yeah. uh you know he won the gold glove in 2017 and is very I mean, is honestly the um, he, he's not as good an offensive player as Salvador Perez is right now in his career, uh, but he would he would be a, a decent uh, approximation of what kind of value you're getting from Salvador Would that Perez. be money
1: well spent? Because how much of a difference well, would it be between him and a platoon of okay, Gallagher a good So that's Valoria. a good question, right? That's so, why I asked it. Yes. Uh,
0: you know, like, I don't know what you would have to spend. He hasn't signed yet. He's a free agent. Um, obviously, the deal's that he's been offered to this point have not been to his liking. I don't know mm-hmm. what kind of deals he's been offered. Uh you're probably looking at this point in the season, like or at this point in the off season, if you can even call it the off season anymore, uh I don't know, like a one year deal for five or six million dollars. Um, you know, maybe maybe even slightly less, maybe closer to um maybe two to three. I'm, I, yeah. So I don't think it would be a significant uh, investment. Maybe that's what he's being offered right now, and he's, he, he would like more. Maybe he's struggling to get major league offers. I don't know. Um, but anyway, so I think it would be a decent uh, investment for two reasons. One, uh, I'm not sure Valoria is, is quite ready. Um, mm-hmm. And I guess you can... Why not see? Again, season doesn't matter, Mick. Doesn't Uh, matter. (laughs) But uh, you could also potentially just move, you know, like let's say you got Maldonado on a one year, you know, two and a half million dollar deal. You move him right before the deadline. Maybe you're not getting much back for him, but you're also not spending that money. So like you could think of it in terms of whatever the money investment is, like maybe even divide that by half. and you could, you could unload him to uh you know, so many teams are looking for backup catchers, mm-hmm. um, heading in—like, uh, t- contending teams that—he it, it, makes sense to me that you could uh, platoon him and Gallagher for the first half of the season. Platoon, I think they're both right-handed hitters, so you're not really platooning them. But you could play both of them. Valoria lefty? Yes. Oh, that's nice. Yeah, so that—like, that platoon would work yeah. um, a little bit better— um, and if you'll want to talk about pitch framing, because I know you do, Mick. I do. Uh, I, my, sons are, my oldest son's a catcher. Cam Gallagher is apparently a good pitch framer. The mm-hmm. numbers say that. Um, so, I don't know. I just, you know, um, if you look at offensively, uh, Gallagher and Valoria are both projected to be pretty similar offensive players to Maldonado. Mm-hmm. So, you know, are you, is there a huge difference? Maybe not. Uh, I just wonder, like... Can you get through? You know, like, can you feel comfortable if you're dating more, just rolling a, a team out there for 162 games, where you know that your catchers are Cam Gallagher and Mabris Valoria? That's yeah. Um, I think well, they've I, combined to catch 31 games in the majors at this point. So I, I just kind of have are you a, comfortable you, with like Hunter Dozier and Well yeah. Goodwin and guys like that, that that are in the lineup. I get
1: it defensively. It's a much more important position, and it's it's more than just. um you know, almost any other position does, but uh, but yeah, and they just don't have don't like they don't have much below those guys, right? Like, um, supposedly those guys could play in the majors right now, right? Yeah, be a starter if there are opportunities elsewhere for for Gallagher and
0: Valoria. Yeah, I mean, could they be a starter right now? What, what was the... I, I had heard that they were major league ready already. Yeah, both they are. I mean, like, well, they both played in the major leagues. Um, yeah, okay. I mean, like, Valoria was going to be at double a this year a total He's, of like 35 games right
1: i think i looked it up 35 yeah, combined or maybe yeah. 45 i mean valoria was valoria, like was, and 10, valoria five and spent 10.
0: last season at um at, at high a wilmington he, he was um a guy they signed out of columbia for like significant amateur money i think they gave him two or three hundred thousand which is mm-hmm. quite a bit for an international prospect uh so he he was like a guy a prospect um but i'm just not sure you want to to rely on those guys mm-hmm. the whole season. And what I was gonna say was they don't really have much below those guys. I mean you have MJ Melendez and Sebastian Rivero who will be at high Wilmington. They're both twenty and they won't even I'm pretty sure they won't be twenty one until uh, next off season. Yeah. And then you have uh I know you really really love the catching depth. But Xavier Fernandez and Nick we yeah. were gonna be their catchers at Omaha and uh maybe yeah. Covered uh, one of Nick Deeney's games Yeah,
1: Northwest Arkansas.
0: Deeney and then uh, – like they would have been at AA, A, some combination of those. So, like, that's your next option if one of those guys gets hurt. I just – I feel like they're going to want to add some depth.
1: Well, you didn't mention this guy, and so I'll ask the question, how serious are they about Frank Schwindel oh, yeah, getting I... work back there? Is this just a thing? Okay, if this guy – if this guy takes off and he's he's slugging and we, we got to find a spot for him in the uh, in the lineup,
0: catchers catchers a possibility. Yeah, I did see that um, Ned Yost told uh, Jeffrey Flanning in this as well that that Schwindel had been catching some bullpens. Yeah. Um, I guess he has a little bit of experience he, behind. He's going to
1: play in a game. He told he told Cody Tap uh, uh, when Cody asked him, "Are you going to try to get Frank Schwindel in the games? I'm going to try." And I'm gonna succeed," is <laughs> what he said. Yes, basically, I'm the manager. Yes, I'm going to do it, and it's gonna
0: be soon. So, are you gonna try to get him in the games? Yeah, you that's gonna actually, try to. No, well, I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. and I get it. I, I mean, uh, that's a good question, we, It's a good answer too. We don't
1: know where where they're at with this. Is just is he is he just something you're gonna look at him in the bullpen and see if he's if he's ready, and if it's you know even a spring training game good. Could be too much. I get it. Cody didn't know how serious they are. And so you try to get to, yeah, I'm going to try. Of course, Ned, if he wants to, will take you literally on something if he can bark back. And uh, it's been fun watching those two, by the way. It's, yeah,
0: so, um, yeah, I I think if you're, like, if I think Rainey just early made this point on Twitter that even if, uh, if Schwindel was just his offensive level, like, projected out from – from Omaha to the mm-hmm. major leagues, maybe he's not a, a huge value at DH or first base, uh, but he could be, at, you sure. know, a valuable at, at catcher. But he he would have to hit quite a bit to, um, to make up for whatever. Yeah, basically, if he came up and he was
1: for whatever reason he came up and was Ryan O'Hearn for a few weeks, and you realize, oh, oh crap, we, you know, and maybe he's up for O'Hearn. Or when
0: O'Hearn comes back, we we need to keep this bat in there at the major league level. Yeah.
1: That's a possibility.
0: And I know this season doesn't matter, but, um, and I'm kind of joking there, but it's like, uh, how many, how often would you think the Royals would just be like, you know, we don't care how good a defensive catcher, like, put anybody back there. It's like, as long as he hits some home runs, we'll be fine. Right. Yeah. It doesn't, that doesn't really seem like they're, like, something that they would be comfortable with. So, well, and you don't have a bunch of, uh, i don't know
1: james shields and irvin santana's and and vargas is in that rotation right you got brad keller you're gonna have to rely upon who was what in single a, a you year, two years ago something like that and then yeah. and, and then jake junas was a young guy and the potential for probably a lot more young guys in the rotation and the bullpen so you would want that kind of veteran presence uh, yeah. behind the plate
0: for sure so um one other injury note, and then we can maybe wrap up You worried segment. about this one? Are you worried about this next injury note? I, k- I kind of am. Yeah. I think I maybe...
1: There's you know, always,
0: like, fire where
1: there's that kind of smoke, it seems like.
0: Well, it's a good reminder to fans that... So this is, like, a little peek behind the curtain, right? Like, they often tell you, um, like, when you're a Major League Beat writer, to overwrite every injury. Like, if, if the guy has a very minor thing, mm-hmm. they tell you to make a big deal out of it. Yeah. And... And so – and part of the reason is that teams are just never honest about injuries. <laughs> right. And, like, you're never going to get the full story. So it's like, you know, you, there might be a headline and – We're talking like, about Danny Duffy, by the way. Yeah. Well, yeah. yeah. So even, like, Salvador Perez, right? Like, before he had – a couple days before he had Tommy John surgery, they were like, well, his arm's kind of sore. <laughs> yeah. It's kind of like normal day-to-day yeah. stuff. And it's like, all right, you write a story about that. Hey, Salvador Perez's arm is sore. And then that pops up on MLB Trade Rumors, and then, like, you actually look at the story, and, like, there's not really much there. And, like, as as a reader or consumer, you're probably like, you know, why is this a story? And mm-hmm. then you realize, oh, yeah, it's a story because a day or two later, he ends up having it damaged UCL. Yeah. And so you're always sort of taught to, like, overcover the injuries. Because
1: yes. everybody has a sore arm, right? right. Everybody. So,
0: but, but but when it gets mentioned that somebody's sore, then, yes, you know, you should—that's a good way to overwrite it. Yes, take it up yeah. a couple notches. So— Back to Danny Duffy, when they said at uh, about a week and a half ago that he had been battling some shoulder issues or some some soreness, I think I probably under you know like, underwrote it. I think I underwrote it. Like, Is that even mortgages? A, mortgages? I just, yeah, yeah underwrote underwriters. It. Yeah, uh, I I probably was just like eh, like who cares? Like whatever. It's spring training. Like season doesn't he, matter. Yeah, he's he's got like a month to go. Like <laughs> he'll figure it out. But sure enough, uh, he's he's still kind of. I think he's just now throwing on the side and getting built back up. But, like, you know, you look at the calendar now. He's got – season starts in about two, three, like three weeks basically. Mm -hmm. So Early this year, March 28th. Yeah, so he's – is he going to have time to – I'm not sure he's going to have time to be ready to go the first week of the season. So already, if it matters to you, he's probably not going to start opening day, Mick. No. So it'll be interesting, though, because I like – Who's that – You'll probably, like, yeah, like I, I pro- again, I, yeah. I kind of sloughed, sloughed off the idea of Brad Keller or Jacob Junis starting opening day, and now it's like, well, actually, one of those guys is, mm. is going to start yeah. opening day. And Homer Bailey and, what, Jorge Lopez will both yeah. make the rotation? Yeah, perhaps. <laughs> so um it could open up a, sp- uh, they had one open spot in the rotation, now they might have two. Now they're going to have a bunch of off days uh the first week and a half, so yeah. Might not need a fifth starter the first week of the season anyway, but baseball's the
1: one sport, and I swear there's more injuries, and it happens this way more in baseball than even in football. That like you wanna have depth everywhere. And like it should never be a problem in spring training. Oh well, you know, we only we have six outfielders for four spots. No, you'll end up with four. Guys will get hurt. It always happens. Same with rotation. Well, we got seven guys battling for five spots. No, you won't. You know, it'll work it seems like it always works itself out with injuries yeah. like this.
0: Well the the human arm is a complicated not uh, supposed to throw body that part. Light. Yeah, and uh, you know what though? They always say it's an unnatural motion. I that's not actually true. It's not. It's natural. Well, like think about this, Mick. Okay. If we want to get into this. Yeah. Like when a kid is, you know, a, a baby or like a toddler, like how do they throw? Yeah. Sure. Like overhand. Yeah. If you really want to get like a weird about it, like. Back in the days of hunter gatherers and those sort of societies, you know how they—you know how the guys hunted. They threw spears, like yes, they, overhand, they overhand. Yeah. So it's like, but maybe the—but
1: what is not? Maybe it's natural, but still not. It can be natural, but still not good
0: for. Okay, you. so what is not natural is to oh, like throw a, a ball or like a projectile as hard as you can, like a hundred times in yeah. a night. Yeah. That is not natural. No. But the actual throwing motion is is pretty natural. It is very drastic, though. Between overhand and underhand, which is amazing,
1: the two sports, baseball and softball, you have you have one softball pitcher. You yes. just need one, just need one. It's like a catcher, right? Maybe bring some other girl in, but
0: just one is needed. Baseball, you need everybody to pitch. True. It's so the crazy. yeah, the arm is a complicated body part, and you know it's 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 one of those weird things where I love the expression "dead arm" mm. or you know like a sore arm, like. Mm. There's, there's probably some complicated stuff going on there, but like, I, I guess in football, you know, if you have a sore hamstring or a, you know, a bum, like, like a calf or whatever, like, you're yeah. not going to be able to do your job. Yeah. But baseball is pretty cut and dry. It's like, if your arm is not working, it's, like, it's pretty tough to play this sport. Sure, yeah. So um, that's. Uh, have we had any Tommy Johns in football before? I was actually thinking about this. Um, I don't think None so. None come to mind. But, like, I, I, the reason I think, I mean, there's a couple of reasons, and I'm sure a doctor or somebody that's a little bit more yeah. of an expert on this stuff could correct me, but, like, they're just not, like, throwing that much. They throw once a week. And, yeah. you know, like, what is, like, 40 or 50 attempts in a game is yeah, not that still, much. Still, there's a lot. And, but you throw every day, and. You do. I don't think. I, d- I think it's a. It's, it's gotta, maybe a different. It's more of the
1: motion thing, I think, than repetitions. It's got to be. Because
0: the football is heavier than a baseball. Yeah, but maybe you're not. I mean, you're unleashing like a baseball is more of a whip of the arm. Right? Definitely. Um, I mean, I would. Li- you know who would be a good person to talk to? Maybe we can get Patrick Mahomes on the Mahomes? podcast. Yeah, yes, absolutely. Maybe he's. But and that's supposedly. Uh, but you, I was thinking about this because yeah. I'm just like, it would be very Kansas City if Patrick Mahomes was well, like the first quarterback to have Tommy he's John. He's talked about this. He throws hard. And his he, dad, his dad, said always get the wrist involved with the football
1: and that's that's i mean you think you have these two fulcrums it's your elbow and your wrist that's how you can get yeah. velocity and most quarterbacks probably it's much more shoulder and elbow with with mahomes he's getting that wrist involved and he credits that for his extra velocity so the having the baseball dad using kind of that 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 motion and you know implicating not implicating but uh, throwing it into his um his football routine, I think, is, is has been a thing. So yes, hopefully that doesn't lead to any sort yeah. of arm well, the, trouble. the
0: other interesting thing about uh, Tommy John is that, generally speaking, uh, it's a it's an overuse injury that happens over time, right? Like that that mm-hmm. ulnar collateral ligament, it wears mm-hmm. down over time. It's like tires, yeah. And then it just finally pops yeah. or goes. Yeah. Um, but occasionally, and this is I, I I didn't wasn't able to ask anybody with the Royals. Uh, with Salvador Perez specifically, I'm guessing it was an overuse injury over time. But every so often, there will be a guy who has a fairly healthy UCL and then just throws, like, one, you know, pitch or whatever, and it just pops. And that's, like, kind of random. Yeah. Was that, like, Dave Jervecki? Maybe. Well, I think he might have
1: broken his arm. On so, the, like, on
0: Salvador Perez could have relatively – like, he could yeah. have had a good – pretty good UCL and yeah. – and, they might have known there was some wear and tear there, but it could have been just like one throw in a in a workout. And you you just don't know with the arm. No, it's uh it's crazy. It's crazy and it stinks. I I've talked to a lot
1: of older baseball pitchers who have said, "You know what? Your either your arm's either going to blow out or it's not." <laughs> it doesn't matter if you throw 80 pitches in a game or 90. Okay, your arm's going to blow out. And maybe I don't know, maybe there's some truth there. Roger Clemens, right? Nothing. No yeah. one, Ryan. Nothing, just just workhorses. All right, time for a break. When we come back, though, we will do a draft. We're going to draft Royals players. Yes, that'd be great. We'll get to like six. I don't know. No, <laughs> no. We'll try to we'll try to put out a, a roster. Rustin and I just two two teams drafting our, our our best Royals.
0: Yeah, we're going to basically predict who's going to have the best uh, season,
1: this and then year. maybe we'll put it out there online, and you can tell us who has the best. Best team, how about that? Sure. That'd be fun. Let's do that. You're listening to Dodd Save the Royals. Welcome back to Dodd Save the Royals. I am Mick Schaefer of 41 Action News. He is Rustin Dodd of The Athletic. We are breaking down the Royals so much so that we're going to have
0: a Royals draft. I'm, I'm excited for this, Rustin. So my this is what I wanted to do, Mick. I wanted to, your idea. I, I wanted to talk about which Royals were going to have the best season, mm-hmm. or like which which we went. I wanted basically wanted to rank who the best players on the team are. Sure. Uh, but I thought it would be more fun if we if we drafted them. Agreed. Um, you know, so I've got my list. Uh, I sort of did. I I <laughs> I was at a coffee shop right before this, and I well, I actually have a story about this, Can't which wait. I will save. Uh, for for the end, but uh, so I have my list. In fact, I have before we get into this. Uh, not that this really matters because there's really no science involved here, but uh, I guess you could say we are we are basing this off of which players we think are going to have the highest WAR in uh, 2019, the highest wins above replacement. Uh, I'm sure you paid very close attention to that, Mick. I'm all about WAR. Yeah, yeah. So, but I, hate I peace. I wanted to go through very quickly. Um, the top ten players in war from the 2018 Royals. I looked at that. I I can't believe some of those
1: guys were top ten. I can't believe some the order of some of them.
0: Okay, well, uh, let's just go through it. Okay. Uh, Whit Merrifield was uh, first in war. That's not By surprising. far, right? He's yeah, was, I think he was over five, yeah. he, so that's not surprising at all. Uh, Brad Keller was second. Um, was their best pitcher, so that kind of makes sense. I'm not sure exactly what he was over. It might have been close to three-ish, I, I should have written down I looked at a different list Actually he then. was this is from baseball references war Okay I can't Uh he would have been over 3 cuz I think so Adalberto Mondesi was 3rd I had Mondesi 2 Keller 3 I think they're both like
1: high twos the one I saw
0: Okay unless so. I wrote this down incorrectly I think baseball reference had Keller I'll above defer Mondesi. To you. Uh so Mondesi, that's impressive because WAR is a comp- compilation stat right like mm-hmm. it, you need to play to to accumulate it so fact that he only played uh, i think less than 80 games uh good job uh salvador perez was fourth uh alex gordon was fifth over two war impressive because he's n- not a good hitter. that surprised me well okay so he he's a defensive savant most almost i think a full run of that wins above replacement or a full like win yeah was defense yeah so uh not a good offensive player but good at defense <laughs> mike mustakis was uh uh, next, he would have obviously been higher had he played a full season with the Royals. And then it was Kelvin Herrera, Jake Junis, Kevin McCarthy, who Mick hates. Um, I saw a way different list. And Ryan O'Hearn was then uh, after Kevin McCarthy. I saw I think McCarthy I have... down like 15th or something like that. Oh, well. But that's fine. That's where he should be. Hey, he was, no, like, I, I have a baseball reference at him eighth or ninth. Anybody in that bullpen last year? They should have sent to war. Okay, over that bad. All right, fair enough. Fair, fair enough. Um, so we're gonna predict. Uh, do you want to flip for this, uh, um, or play rock paper scissors? Do who rock, gets to paper, draft first? Uh, over the air, like do, not do rock paper scissors. Shoot, or do you sorry, go one
1: two? one two three. Shoot
0: is what okay. I do. Ready? All right, let's go. All right, nice. I. I oh, I we're had, not best two out of three.
1: No. He went scissors, I went paper, like an idiot I should have gone scissors.
0: No. Uh, have you ever seen that Simpsons episode where they play rock, paper, scissors? And I if, if I, I think I get – Bart always goes rock. Yeah. And Lisa knows this. Yeah. And then, like, it shows Bart's head, and he goes, trusty old rock, nothing beats old rock. <laughs> and then Lisa's head is like, poor Bart. He always picks rock. <laughs> anyway, I'm guessing you've seen the, uh, the I have episode because you've I have seen, seen them that. all. Yes. Yeah. Uh Anyway, so um you so go first? I'm going to go first. Uh, I'm going to keep track here. I'm going to go chalk. I <laughs> I'm you know, I I'm I'm hesitant to pick uh of Berto uh cuz I think if he has a full season like he had a half season last year, he'll he he might just lead the team in war. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm going to go with uh with something I'm going to go with the sure thing, I think. Wit. And I'm going to go with Wit Merrifield. Uh as my as my first selection.
1: Okay, I'm going to pounce then on Mondy. He's just going to take off this year. I'm going to go with potential and high ceiling. Oh man, you might have uh you might have thrown your whole
0: draft off well, you by might, that pick right there, okay? I was having a conversation I was a it was a text conversation, so I guess it's not really a, a real conversation with uh my friend Nick Picoro, who covers the Arizona mm-hmm. Diamondbacks and the Royals were playing the Diamondbacks earlier this week, so yep. Nick was at the ballpark in Surprise, and he texted me, and he said, hey, this is my first time seeing Modesty. He's pretty good. Pretty pretty good? Yep, and he said, and I said, yeah, you know, he he's really good. And uh, Did you also tell him you're going to pass up on him? No. In a, in a podcast draft? Okay. But I said, uh, you know, like, if he has, if he can just up his on-base percentage a little bit, like, he's, you know, potentially, you know, like a, a real star. Or, you know, I said something like that, and he goes, well, he's like, you know, He's, like, basically said even – well, he's, like, seems pretty good right now. Like, he's, like, even if his on-base doesn't improve that much, like, if his on-base percentage improves, he might be Mike Trout. Yeah. And uh, and Nick is not one to uh, – prone to exaggeration or overstatement. Sure. So, yeah. no, like, it's true. It's, like, if he upped his on-base percentage a little bit and maintained his steals and his base running and his defense and, and his slug – like he could be a guy that's a six to eight win player, and I don't think the royals uh I mean Lorenzo Kane had seasons that were right around that at his peak mm-hmm. um obviously, his career arc is a lot different, but I think like modesty, I think is the best royals uh young prospect if you consider him a, best young royals young player since Carlos Beltran. yeah, I think. And I got him.
1: Yeah, you I did. I got <laughs> him right there.
0: Making me feel better
1: and better about my pick. All right. Us, okay. Um, I appreciate that. I'm going to go. Uh, oh, it's not a snake draft? It's not oh, a snake draft? Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay. Fair enough. Is Fair it? enough. Fair oh, enough. I love it. Okay. That was a little fantasy football type. Okay. I get to pick again. I'm going to go. I'm not ready to, to go pitcher yet. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm going to go uh, not chalk and maybe kind of an upset move here. Uh, Billy Hamilton. Ooh. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, I did not look up his WAR from last year. I don't year. think it was very good.
0: Um, <laughs> which is why he was designated for assignment from. Yeah,
1: the, I uh, from the Reds. But uh, I'm I'm building my team on speed, uh, as you can tell. So I've got Mondi and Hamilton
0: so far. He could. I mean, he could be suited to play at Kauffman Stadium. It, the the defensive your, your, WAR might be. Uh, yeah, going be, be going uh, up. It, it'll be high. I mean, he should be like, he should be. If he has a really good defensive season, uh, like, his floor in terms of war and, like, his value should be comparable to what Alex Gordon's was last year. Yeah. Um. I Maybe – I don't know. I mean, obviously, from an offensive standpoint, he was one of the three worst in baseball. So maybe I'm giving a little too much credit. He's a little bit closer to uh, Alcides Escobar offensively. But, like, essentially he's – think of Alcides Escobar when he was a really good shortstop. Yeah. Like, that's – I don't know. I think that's kind of what you have to hope for him. It's mm-hmm. basically uh, peak – Is he not going to walk? Hamilton? Yeah. Eh, not really. No. Dang it. <laughs> <laughs> like, you got to – he's got to be uh, – like, his. the best case scenario for him, I think, is, like, 2013-14 Alcides Escobar. Escobar. Sure. Right? Like, you know, like, you're not a good offensive player, but really good <laughs> defensively, good base runner, all those sort of things. Obviously, he's got more speed, so – um stupid pick. Actually it's not there's nobody left. Yeah, there's nobody there's, left, yeah, really. Yeah. It's just like a big pile of one wars yeah. left. Yeah, right? there's a lot that's, of one win wars. That's all it is. I'm so I, now I have t- I have two choices now. Uh-huh. You snake you back around. Yep. Um perfect. Um I'm gonna go with Brad Keller. I knew it. I was already writing him down. Um as my next pick um and you're just sa- you're just safe you're just going safe here Witt safe. and Keller but I I, mean, I don't know
1: maybe Keller's not safe he's only had one year in the bigs but yeah
0: Keller's my safe pick um and I think he'll be similar to what he he might see some regression from last year but he's gonna pitch more I think he'll probably the numbers like the season numbers will not be quite as good maybe an ERA in the high threes maybe low fours if he has a little bit of bad luck but he mm-hmm. should I think uh, I think you have to feel good about. He's a guy that can really give you a lot of innings. And if he's a full year as a starter, I think he'll be right up in that like 180 to 200 inning. Yeah. If he pitches well, and so there'll be a lot of value there. I'm going to go off the board just a little bit uh, and go uh, take a little bit of a gamble. And my next pick is going to be Ryan O'Hearn. Dang it! I knew it. I should have taken him, knowing that Hamilton would probably come back to me. Yeah. So uh, I. There's obviously some, some questions in terms of he's got to hit left-handers, he's got to make contact, consistent contact, and he's probably not going to hit homers at the pace he hit last year. But, man, I'm, I I kind of want to see, like, can Ryan O'Hearn be a better player this year than Eric Hosmer? That's what, like, I know it's kind of crazy because mm-hmm. defensively they're, they they don't compare, although the defensive statistics have never loved Haas. But last year, Ryan O'Hearn, what did he finish? Was 13 homers? Was it 12? Don't remember. You know, like, Eric... A short Co- amount of time, too. Eric Hosmer had about 18 home runs or 19 last year. So, uh, I'm kind of curious, like, who has more war in in 2019? O'Hearn or Hosmer? That's mm-hmm. would be very... That'll be a number that I'm interested to see. But I, I believe in Ryan O'Hearn. I think he can go... He's going to hit 20 to 25 home runs and have an on-base percentage around 320 to 330. And, um... Hopefully, he hits left-handers a little bit better for the Royals' sake, but I think he can. And, um, you know, I, I think he can be, if the defense is uh, pretty good, um, I think he's going to be a fairly valuable player. Okay. Yeah, I should have taken
1: him. I messed this up. All right, I'm going to try to come back. I'll take Jake Junis with my third-round pick just because I feel like I need a pitcher. Oh boy, what's gonna happen here? What is gonna happen here? All right, I'll take Gordon. If we're just going on war, right? That's yeah. the whole deal. I'm not excited about him, but he'll get me war with the defense, maybe.
0: Okay, um, I'm gonna go with upside and again take a gamble. I'm gonna go with Danny Duffy for my next pick. Um, he's got, obviously have he has him. to stay healthy. What's that? Have him, you can sure, have him. sure, sure. And then I will—this is my part of the draft where I say, if healthy, uh, Danny Duffy and Jorge Soler.
1: Okay. Yeah, this is your if healthy.
0: Jorge Soler is not a great war pick Mm. um, because most of his value is coming from, obviously, his, his offense. So if you're just thinking of it in terms of how you put war together with all the different categories, he basically has to be a really good hitter. To be like a two to three win player, so um, or even even more. Um, but if you can stay healthy for the whole year, I'll take Danny Duffy and Jorge Soler. So th- is that have I taken five now? You've taken five. So Are we, we, let's we just we five, five? rounds? Okay. Yeah, I mean we. Can. <laughs> or should we go? Maybe we'll do one wild card round. Yeah, How about that? Let's keep going. <laughs>
1: um, although there's nobody left, really. I'm gonna go. You've sold me on this guy. I'm gonna go Chris Owings. As my fifth pick.
0: Is that a bad pick? It might be, but I'd, um, <laughs> I don't mean, I, I mean, who else are you gonna take? There's nobody. I mean, there's Hunter like, Dozier, Dozier, Cam Gallagher. Uh,
1: well, then I'll go, I get one more, right? Yeah. Um, I, again, three of my six guys did not play with the team last year, so that should tell you something. Brad Boxberger, my pick for the pick closer to, role. Pick to click? Pick to click and be the closer. Uh, maybe he will maybe he won't but he's on my team let's do this brad
0: okay um and my last pick is going to be uh a guy that's probably not going to be on the on the roster on opening day <laughs> but i'm 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 thinking th- a long term play richard lovelady oh dick lovelady I, thought, gonna, I was thinking brett phillips
1: ooh uh he would have been a good pick he's he might not be on the roster
0: opening but day yeah, right yeah um he might be we might be kicking ourselves that we didn't select brett phillips uh, or a Bonifacio, maybe? Yeah. Uh, but I'm going to say Richard Lovelady. I I feel like he's going to be a valuable reliever from sometime in May to June on. I don't even have him down here. Okay. Yeah, good.
1: So, Homer Bailey, Hunter Dozier, Lopez, Hill, McCarthy, Phil Meyer, you, you're, all, you're all missing out on yeah. our
0: six-man baseball teams. So, who did I... <laughs>
1: Well, I, I have a shortstop.
0: I think I would. I'm like. I'm pretty sure I'm going to win if we just added war at the end of the yeah. season. Yeah, and yeah. I don't know. Mondesi might have a monster year. <laughs> He's uh, going to need to. Yeah. Um, pitcher, left field. So yeah, I have two infielders. Well, it doesn't. The, I know. Freaking about just, the positions uh,
1: do not matter. Reserve. You, uh, you got a second baseman, pitcher, first baseman. Brad covering the right side of the field. From, yeah, from another pitcher. So Lair, right. I mean, you've got the right side of the field. That's it. Second base, right field, first base, pitcher. Okay. Hopefully nobody pulls the ball. Okay? Rustin. Okay.
0: Yeah. Yep. Um, that was fun. Let's go more than six next time. Well, I, you know, I, it's probably not a great sign that it starts to get a little bit thin after... <laughs> Five rounds After of drafting, two? but <laughs> but hey, um, maybe prove us wrong. Yeah. Um, prove us wrong. Um, all right, so you want to do the toast? Let's do the toast. So you
1: were at a uh, coffee shop today. You totally strike me as a coffee shop guy.
0: Well, I, I – thank you, Mick.
1: Yeah, my um, brother's a coffee shop guy. Um, I don't know what that means, but I can tell. I could probably spot a coffee shop guy from a mile away.
0: I, maybe so, not that far. If I can see him, if I can see him, I'm like, yeah, you go to coffee shops during the season. I I go get coffee a lot, um, as one does. Sure, but, but it, they got that at McDonald's. You yeah, know, that there's they, plenty got of places you could go. Grocery store, um, a bank. I've had a bank. I've kind of developed expensive tastes when it comes to lattes, <laughs> Mick. You know, there's some What's your go-to?
1: Don't... I hate coffee. Um, what's your go-to? I just drink? get
0: like a vanilla latte.
1: Vanilla latte. Okay. So yeah, that's co- coffee in it and some van- vanilla cream.
0: Is uh, it is? Well, it's like vanilla syrup, syrup, and okay. mel- I mean, there's milk sure. in it.
1: There's a milk
0: in there. Well, you yeah. mean, that's what a latte is. You nope, know? I had no idea. Um, I don't drink coffee. So, but during the off season, I do feel like I spend a lot of time there because it's. Uh, I just struggle to work from home a lot. <laughs> uh, which, writing from home, I just it's it's difficult. It's like home is for relaxing. You feel
1: like there's more pressure on you outside of it, like at the coffee shop. Oh, I've got to get stuff done. People are. I'm in an environment environment where people could be watching me. Is that is that your deal?
0: Um, I don't know, but somebody actually told me. I was telling talking to a friend about this earlier this week that there actually has been studies done that, um, like the the ambiance of a coffee shop is actually. I mean, I guess some news like rooms or some general offices would be like this too. But that there's like, it's good to be working in a place where there's noise. Yeah. You want other stuff, st- yeah. stimulation all over the place. Yes. I have. You don't want too much noise, but you need like a little bit of noise. Yeah. You I've, need got a like, uh,
1: I've got like, f- at any time, four or five TVs on at once yeah, while so, I'm working. Yes. Uh, so if it's, unless it's Jeopardy, Jeopardy takes my attention away. I have to look and see if I can guess the answers and all that stuff. But yes, no, I'm down with that. I'm down with the stimu- stimuli.
0: Sure. Sure. So I've got a little bit of a rotation, and this is too long of a story because now the story's not even very good. But <laughs> uh, a couple of ones. I, I, I go to this uh, Caldy's actually down the street from your station here. It's like 47th Street. Um, it, the, it's Caldy's? Yeah, it's just on the plaza. Okay. Uh, but I will go there because there's actually parking just across the street. Um by the Topsies on the plaza, you can actually park there. There's a Starbucks right there too, but you know, anyway. Okay. Call, the latte it called is better than a latte at Starbucks. Gotcha. It's still, it's still a
1: chain, but whatever. Uh, but one I haven't heard of. I've heard of Starbucks, so this one seems it's, much it's based, more mom I, and pop. I think it's
0: based out of uh, St. Louis. Oh. Yes.
1: Known for their coffee.
0: Yes. Um, but I also will go to uh, PT's down on Southwest Boulevard. Yeah. Um, they've got a lot of good space to spread out. Sure. Uh and then there was the place but the place I was at um right before it's called Monarch. It's on uh I think it's Broadway. It's like 36th and Broadway. Yeah. Uh but anyway, the reason this happens to me a lot, not a lot, but like more than I'd like to admit, you go to a coffee shop and maybe you're like you're not getting it to go, right? So, like, maybe you're going to sit down for a while, do a little bit of work, or whatever. That's
1: required. Do you ha- can you just sit there without a coffee that you've ordered from them? Is that allowed, or do they come and kind of?
0: Well, I think they they want you to order some stuff. They want right. you to, but will they be confrontational? Yeah, I think they should. Are be. coffee
1: shop people confrontation I feel like maybe they're not. Well,
0: I mean, first of all, there are some people that are, just and I'm heck, I've been one of them in my life. But like, there are some people that you know you order like a four or five dollar latte one that's way overpriced. I mean, sort sure. of. But also, you're like you end up you like you're, if you're in there for two or three hours. I mean, it's like kind of like taking up a lot of space. Yeah. And so it's kind of a trade off. Anyway, this ha- <laughs> I can tell you love this story. Get to the story. Here we go. So, but my point is, I will order a lot. Like I'll order a drink. Yeah. Um. And then today I got like a like a scone to go with it. Sure. So they gave me the scone, but then what happens is you're kind of noticing the people behind the bar. And you're you notice, okay, they're not making my drink. And there's always this point where you realize, okay, they forgot my drink. And it's always that point where it's like, all right, how long, mm-hmm. how long can I wait to to go up and be like, hey, I think you forgot my drink? Because if you if you jump the gun on that, like, hey, mm-hmm. I think you forgot my drink, then you feel like a huge oh, yeah. D, you know? Sure, like, big D. Yeah. So like you you if you go up there and you're like, hey, um, I think I f- I think you forgot my latte, and then like they're like, oh no no no, w- like we got it. so sorry, there's like maybe don't going. phrase it that way. Say or, hey, like, did just you... checking on my latte. Yeah or... yeah. Like hey, just did you, did you like did you, yeah. that, that uh just checking? Did, did Do I... you know how much longer my latte? Just yeah wondering. like <laughs> I,
1: I'm on I'm on a time schedule to get over on your couch there in the corner and work for two hours. So if you yeah like hurry it up. I'm kind of
0: but if you jump the gun on that, you're like. Uh, they're like, um, yeah, well, we, yeah, we got it, man, we got it, and then it's like, oh, I'm sorry. So did, it's like, did you jump the gun? I didn't, but like, so then like, I'm looking at my phone. It's like, all right, seven minutes, eight minutes. Oh, that's way like, too long, right? Yeah, and today I, I, I think I waited 15 minutes, and then you finally asked, and then I finally went up, and said, they hey, say? I, and then they're like, oh, I'm sorry, I wrote it down, but she
1: didn't see it. Okay. Did they give you a free scone or something like no, that? No, that's nothing. BS. That's, no. not, that's not service right there. I I'm think, sorry. They really should offer something. Yes. A little. I mean, they, they cost them 20 cents probably to make that that latte. And would you spend five bucks on it? Something like it that? It was like, yeah, over four. Drinks are ridiculously overpriced. So, yeah. yes, they should have offered up something. They I mean, gift, a coupon, something like that? No. No, it's bad service right there. Wherever that was at, kick them out of your rotation.
0: Yeah, what's is there a better? Uh, so you're toasting to them or well, to yourself? Well, I just I just wanted an excuse to tell that story. Oh, okay, but the is there a better markup on in case I needed post career journalism? This thing doesn't work out. Uh, better markup on like a four dollar, four or five dollar latte, or like a eight to ten dollar cocktail. What do you think is like uh, the cocktail probably? Uh, it's probably, I mean, you're probably yeah, paying taxes and lot, on the alcohol. Yeah, and and stuff. A lot of times that, that alcohol, licenses.
1: yes, and that a lot of times that alcohol's watered down, depending on where you go. Uh
0: what so, do you yeah. think is a bigger waste of money? Four to five dollars for a latte or eight to ten for like Well, a me, cocktail. it's a lot. I wouldn't <laughs> spend a quarter on a latte, yes. So yes.
1: Drink up uh your your cocktail. No, I would say um maybe I I've been told it costs like six cents to uh to get a soda, like a medium drink, a pop that now costs like two bucks. That might be the biggest. I mean, it's like 40 times the, uh, the, the markup. So yeah, it um, does feel like I, if that's I, where they get you, like food prices going down,
0: but oh, we make up for it by jacking up the rates. True. On drinks. I would say, and as much as I feel stupid for spending that much on coffee, there is like an element. I mean, I guess I could just make coffee and like, like bad drip coffee at my mm-hmm. home and just drink that. And I do. Occasionally. You could. Yeah. Um, but it's, like, if you're spending, like, at a restaurant, like, $2 for a Coke, you mm-hmm. know, it's, like, you could just get a Coke. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. It, like, but I could not produce an actual, like, good, like, latte. You know what I mean? I see, yeah. So, so I don't know. Same with the bottle of beer
1: that you're spending 5 bucks on. Like, you could just— As opposed to $0.75 cents if you get to the right spot. Yeah. Liquor store. Okay, yeah. No, I'm with you on that. Well done.
0: Okay. They but have they,
1: Starbucks coffee you can make at home, though, right? Correct. Don't you have a Keurig? Doesn't that good coffee? Or I no? mean, you
0: get like a latte maker. Yeah, yeah, I mean, sure. um, uh, Peter Moylan will give. Actually, I mean, That's you know, right, I'm going to yeah. toast to him. Oh, I should have toasted yeah, to him the whole time. Yeah. He retired. Yeah. Um, he was the 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 Royals reliever who was very. He ha- owns a coffee shop back in Melbourne. Yeah. Uh, his hometown or where he lives, anyways, um, or grew up, and he bought a, a latte maker for the Royals clubhouse in 2017 mm-hmm. when he was still here. Uh, that. That latte maker was like five hundred bucks.
1: Seriously, wow. it was.
0: It was. Uh, I mean, it wasn't like large. I mean, it's uh, probably, you know, the size of uh, like a small box. But, um, it was, it was a Barilla or something. No, I don't. Uh, I might have the brand wrong. Who cares? But, <laughs> but it was a. Uh, it was. Uh, those things are pretty expensive. I, so I mean, I can't just be yeah. putting down five hundred dollars for a. Latte contraption especially when I don't know what I'm doing right <laughs> <laughs> um, all right that's it nice job okay
1: appreciate it good story did you toast anything I didn't I feel like you took my time though that's fine I don't I don't really have anything to toast to okay that's good it's fine no all
0: right deal. well um, I'll do two to- toasts next week okay yeah like snake draft.
1: Like snake draft, yes. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: Toast to that. All right. For uh, Rustin Dodd of The Athletic, I am merely Mick Schaefer of 41 Action News. Thanks so much for listening. We'll see you next time right here on Dodd Save the Royals. I was born in California with the fire in my heart. They told me it would burn everything I'd ever love in Atlanta, Georgia.